from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, security gang. Happy 4th of July. I mean, it's July 3rd, technically. It's Monday. Many people are off today. Many people took the day off to celebrate this great country and our Independence Day. What an awesome day. And if you're British, happy treason day uh, tomorrow. Today's the last day you get to kind of claim the United States before the Declaration of Independence. But nonetheless, good morning, security gang. I hope everyone had an exciting weekend. I hope everyone has some great stuff planned for this 4th of July weekend. Uh, for this 4th of July, kind of landing on a Tuesday. Um, so we'll 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 see how that pans out on Wednesday. No show tomorrow, obviously, due to the holiday. So this morning, we've got a very, very packed show. We're going to get right into it. But before we do, join me for a ceremonial cup of coffee this morning what's powering you through this fourth of july kind of middle of the hump day have a cup cheers y'all and without further ado you can check out our Substack for some really really exclusive content if you missed friday's conversation with jason dion you should definitely go and check it out or give it a listen we talked about rethinking certifications kind of their nist framework certification that he's come up with as someone who's instructed over a million people a really really fun uh conversation give it a listen and We'll kick off with Fortinet, who just can't seem to keep their name out of the headlines and for all the wrong reasons. Over 300,000 Fortinet firewalls are vulnerable to critical 40 OS RCE bugs. This is hundreds of thousands of 40 gate firewalls are critical, have a critical security issue identified as CVE 2023-279-97 almost a month after Fortinet released this update that addressed the problem. Over 300 devices still remain unpatched fortinet addressed the vulnerability on june 11th before disclosing it publicly by releasing fortinet firmware versions there's a whole series of versions here in front of us uh bishop fox reported on friday that despite the calls to patch more than 300,000 40 get 40 gate firewall appliances are still vulnerable to attacks unreachable over the internet which brings up the question who's to blame here who's to take responsibility for patching their devices Additionally, I mean, you take a look at the Shodan uh, statistics here over half a just under half a million, 489,000 exposed, uh, I mean, devices. It's, it's crazy. I mean, ideally, when you look at this, you start to realize that the vendors on their end, and this kind of came part of the National Cybersecurity Strategy document released by the White House in March, was you're responsible for good software and you should also be responsible for patching it as the software maker. So, We'll see how this goes, but if you do have a 40 net, uh, 40 gate device and you haven't patched it yet, you're vulnerable. Threat actors know it. Please patch your devices. Please. The Department of Health and Human Services is among several federal agencies that were impacted by the move at vulnerability. Now entering its, uh, I think, fourth week. HHS has now joined is the latest agency to be affected by the breach. It was also reported that the Department of Energy was also impacted and asked to pay a ransom. The club group behind the government attacks are exploited a software application known as MoveIt, which is widely used by government agencies for FTP a file transfer protocol. Uh, Eric Goldstein, the executive assistant director for cybersecurity at CISA, told CNN that his agency is providing support for several federal agencies that have that have experienced intrusions due to this so the list keeps adding up 
from an impact perspective, significant from a, from a namesake perspective, from a impact, you're not really going to see this be solar winds. Sorry, salespeople. Sorry. Chip giant TSMC is blaming a $70 million lockbit bridge on its IT hardware supplier. The group has been given one of Apple's biggest semiconductor suppliers until August 6 to pay $70 million or risk having its data and points of entry to its network publicly leaked. Taiwan semiconductor manufacturing company TSMC, one of Apple's biggest semiconductor suppliers on Friday, blamed a third-party IT hardware supplier for a data breach that exposed the company to a $70 million ransom demand from the Lockbit ransomware group. In an email statement, TCMC confirmed multiple reports about the security incident, but didn't say what data specifically Lockbit actors may have accessed from its system and is holding for ransom. The statement, however, described the incident as not affecting any of their business or customer information. Uh, TCMC statement goes on to say they've recently been aware that one of their IT hardware suppliers experienced a incident, which led to a leak of information pertinent to server initial setup and configuration. It identified the third-party suppliers Kinmax Technologies, a Taiwan-based system integrator that claims to work with numerous other major technology players, including Aruba, Checkpoint, Cisco, Citrix, Fortinet, HP Enterprise, Microsoft, and VMware. It's unclear if any other customers are affected by this attack. Meanwhile, a subgroup within the Lockbit operation that calls itself the National Hazard Agency claims that it's given TCMC up until August 6th to pay the multi-million dollar ransom or risk having the company's stolen data publicly leaked. The threat actor claimed that it would also publish what it describes as points of entry into the network, as well as passwords and login information for gaining access to it. The latter is a catnip to cyber attacks, given that TCMC is a juicy target. It reported a net income of some $34 billion on consolidated revenue of $75.8 billion. Uh, TCMC said it conducted a review of the hardware components and security configurations used in the system after Kinmex reported the incident to determine the scope of the breach. Kinmax, for their side, they're downplaying the seriousness of the breach. They're saying it's got nothing to do with actual applications of the customer. It's a basic setting at the time of the company. So, uh, <laughs> all right. So here's the thing, Kinmax. You fell victim to a data breach. Downplaying it doesn't exactly bode well for your longevity in business. Additionally, thinking that the impact is just as far as you go with it is also very foolish and shows a lack of maturity. Here's the deal. You fell victim to cybercrime. I'm sorry. However, everything that happens, everything that happens from the moment you become a vector is on you. Even if the company has bad uh, hygiene thereafter or visibility, whatever you falls on you. The reason for it, they would have never gone through that first hump without your help, without you being that victim. So there's that, and that, that name playing there is, is just going to be great for, I think, Kinmex's future business opportunities. Uh, I may put them on your uh, vendor list of not to do business with, but we'll see to each his own. MITRE on uh, Friday published an updated common weakness illumination, uh, top 25 most dangerous software weaknesses list to reflect the latest trends in adversarial landscape. The 2023 CWE Top 25 lists more common and impactful weaknesses leading to serious software vulnerabilities that are often exploited in malicious attacks to take over systems, steal information, or cause denial of service. The main challenge at the top of this year's list is the rise of use after free vulnerability types as the fourth most dangerous software weakness up from the seventh position. And we typically see that use after free vulnerability really impact a lot of the Chromium browsers and a lot of the Adobe systems. 
Additionally, OS command injection flaws, which is the improper neutralization of special elements used in an OS command, went up one position to reach the fifth place. Out of bounds, write and cross site scripting vulnerabilities continue to dominate the list, followed by SQL injection bugs. Aside from various position changes at the middle of the list, it's worth noting that two vulnerability types entered the list this year, namely improper uh, privilege management, now number 22 up from 29, and incorrect authorization, now 24 up from 28. So the list is available. You can see the link in the show notes. Go check it out. Worth studying. The 2023 Confidential Computing Summit last week brought about a partnership announcement between VMware and other tech giants to accelerate the development of confidential computing applications. Confidential computing relies on a trusted execution environment that ensures the integrity and confidentiality of applications and data, even in the cloud and on third-party infrastructure. The emergence of multi-cloud deployment and machine learning confidential computing is expected to help protect IP and sensitive data, but its adoption lags due to difficulties in creating, applica- in creating applications for it. To help overcome obstacles in implementing confidential computing, VMware has been working on a developer-focused certifier framework for confidential computing projects that now has support from AMD, Samsung, and members of the RISCV Keystone community. In a push for adoption of confidential computing, the open source certifier framework provides a standardized platform agnostic API for building and operating confidential computing applications, which is paired with a policy evaluation server, the certifier service. The certifier API greatly simplifies and unifies programming and operating support for multi-vendor confidential computing platforms by providing simple client trust management, including attestation evaluation, secure storage, platform initialization, secret sharing, secure channels, and other services, according to VMware. So they're offering support. A good step forward. Something. Something's better than nothing sometimes, y'all. Something's better than nothing. Iran Linked, a.k.a. Charming Kitten, has added backdoor capabilities to their spear phishing payloads and targeted an Israeli reporter with it. See, that's the funny thing. So, Israel, for example, will take down the entire ports system in Iran. Meanwhile, Iran targets one journalist, and that begets a story. So the Iran-linked threat actor known as Charming Kin has updated its cyber attack arsenal with improved abilities to hide its actions, as well as upgrade custom backdoor that's, that it's distributing via spear phishing campaign. According to the latest blog post published by Velocity, the group has recently attempted a spear phishing campaign targeting an Israeli journalist with a draft report lore The draft report was a password-protected RAR file containing a malicious LNK file, which downloaded a backdoor. The incident was a highly targeted attack. Prior to sending the malware to the victim, the attacker asked if the person would be open to reviewing a document they had written related to U.S. foreign policy. The target agreed to do so since this is not an unusual request in the journalism line of work, but they didn't send it right away. Instead, they continued the interaction with another benign email containing a list of questions to which the target then responded with answers. After multiple days of what seemed to be legitimate and relationship-building type of interaction, they finally sent it. They sent the draft report uh, loaded with malware. Um, their targeting profile is very much the theme of what you expect to see from a group associated with the Iranian government. Uh, they're trying to be stealthy under the radar. They don't want to get found, and when they do, they want it to seem they, they, they want you to question everything you do. It's essentially that. So some good tactics there by charming kitten um they've also done a whole bunch around limiting the exposure of their malware analysis and detection by delivering the decryption method separately from the initial code and never writing it to the disk 
Uh, this has added the bonus of acting as an operational guardrail as decoupling the decryption method from its command and control server prevents future successful decryption of the corresponding power star payload. So you're kind of seeing them really advance their move there. In great, great news for all of you veterans, for all of the people that have fought for this country, an Army combat veteran with extensive cybersecurity and counterterrorism experience is taken over in one of the nation's top election security officials, according to CISA. Kate Conley will coordinate with federal, state, and local officials responsible for ensuring elections are secure ahead of the 2024 presidential election. CISA Director Jen Easterly said Conley's national security experience made her ideally suited to help those state and local officials carrying out elections in every community in America. Conley will take over duties from Kim Wyman, who will depart the agency at the end of July to join the private sector. Uh, Trump ultimately then, um, so this is all around uh, election security here. So they're adding uh, someone from extensive uh, military. So Conley and Easterly both have military backgrounds. Both are graduates of West Point. It's been years in the Army. Easterly served as a special assistant to President Obama and senior director for counterterrorism. Conley was the senior uh, served as director for counterterrorism on the NSC, the National Security Council. She was also the executive director of Bipartisan Defending Digital Democracy Project based out of Harvard University's Belfer Center, uh, where she led a team of experts in developing strategies assist those working to protect elections so good luck in your new role miss conley twitter is now forcing you to sign in to view tweets why did i bring it up so i'm on twitter yeah i know um but more than anything if you take a look at what twitter just did they're really kind of fighting these bots that are scraping the internet and i follow a lot of very very respectable people in cyber and i found their outrage on this to be somewhat hypocritical of what security is all about. If at the end of the day, we fight for privacy and security and Twitter's trying to fight off and keep bots off their network. And then I've seen a whole bunch of rumors. This is about their cloud computing. They're, they're not meeting it. Uh, I've seen a bunch of those. Haven't been able to validate one of them. What I do know is what the CEO of, of Twitter said, Elon Musk, talking about bots scraping Twitter for information and data on the regular and they want to stop it. They want to put an end to it. Understandable, whether you agree or disagree with Elon Musk, he's kind of gone against the conventional wisdom of all other social media platforms and internet, uh, internet town squares. I mean, Twitter has literally become the new town square. Um, and they're making sure that the town square doesn't get scraped for data, um, just on the regular. So, good for them we'll see how they put a stop to it um um and and if this actually works but nonetheless you know this is a uh a, a great way to enhance the privacy of twitter users from bots and have their data collected i don't know kind of seems like a positive thing to me but that's just my humble opinion that's it for our show this morning y'all happy fourth of july enjoy the fireworks tonight Enjoy time with your family tomorrow. Celebrate this great country because this country deserves to be celebrated, y'all. Um, this ain't, you know, freedom ain't free, but but enjoy it while you're barbecuing. Take a moment to remember why this nation started. If you haven't read the Federalist Papers, it's a great, great book to kind of read and remember the foundation of this country. And irregardless to what political party you vote for or what side of the aisle you claim to be on, Happy 4th of July from one American to another. Enjoy the holiday 
because that's really all that matters. And until we'll be back on Wednesday, 9 a.m. with all the latest. Until then, stay cyber safe. Happy 4th of July. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.